Are you looking for a studio to get your next tattoo or piercing? The Tattoo Studio in Muncie, Indiana is the official tattoo studio of DJG Motorsports. Operating for 23 years, the Tattoo Studio has an experienced lineup of artists, including Josh, Ross, and Shannon, who are ready to work with you, whether you are getting your first tattoo or you are ready to get back in the chair. I can promise you that you will leave the studio happy. I have gotten all my tattoos from the Tattoo Studio and have been recommending them for years. To make an appointment, you can call 765-284-8429. The Tattoo Studio is open from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Sundays. Drivers, start your engines! What is up, everybody? It is officially Christmas in October, Winchester 400 weekend. This is episode 29. Um, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. You know, we'll talk about it later, but I do not. I was doing the board, and it took me right back to where we had our first episode in the barn. Yeah. Um, this weekend is special for me and you. I don't want to speak for you, but for me, it's I, I'm really excited because we have Winchester 400 and uh, one year of of DJG Motorsports and three wide with DJG, so um, a lot of exciting stuff for me going on, and you too, I'm sure. But absolutely uh, crazy, it is crazy. Uh, so I, I guess we'll get right into it. The green flag's out. We're ready to roll three wide with DJG. Uh, first off, Dakota, how we doing? I'm doing good. Um, had a short week with Columbus Day. I work a um, nice job that lets me have off on holidays, federal holidays, and so. <laughs> Work Tuesday, Wednesday, and today, and then I have the weekend off, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for yeah, Winchester. Monday off, too. Oh, hell yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the last, what, year or two we went, I know after Sunday's races are done and you're getting home, I'm always tired. Yeah. I'm like, I'll just need a day to recover. So right. I took Monday off, too. Probably a smart choice. <laughs> I did not. Uh, my week been okay, I guess. A little hectic. Monday started off with... A kid in the emergency room. Uh, oh, no. Busted her head open. Had to get some staples. Mm. So there's that. Um, everything else has been kind of lax, I guess. Busy at work, as usual. But I have a half day tomorrow. Uh, and then we're going to scramble to get everything ready to take to Winchester. And, yeah. So I guess first thing, we'll go right into uh, Charlotte Roval post race. Did you get to watch these races at all? Um, I didn't watch, I watched part of the Xfinity race, and then I watched most of the cup race. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I just feel like, I feel like the cup race was kind of boring. Yeah, and then I guess it got decided by, I don't guess, I know I watched it, by a sign, um, bringing out a caution. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> I didn't put that, that in here, but I, I remembered that, and I was like, I know that caused a lot of a stir up, but... Yeah, and then there's controversy elsewhere with points and teammates, and we'll get into that <laughs> later, but I don't know. I just kind of get the feeling that part of it may be the car, um, you know, just not performing the way everybody thought it would. I also think some of these guys are worried for their safety, so they're just not driving the way that they normally would. I also want to give a huge shout-out to Daniel Suarez for uh, his what what was it power steering went out yeah and he was struggling to 
to drive that car, which, I mean, if you've ever driven a car without power steering, you know what that's like. Now imagine doing it while racing. Right. I definitely felt bad for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was having to move his hands around the steering wheel to help pull it, and I'm just like, dude. I'm like, I would have pulled off 20 laps ago. Yeah. They did eventually end up getting it fixed, uh, temporary fixed. They just added more fluid to it, I think, and it came back for a little bit. I don't know if it ended up going out again or not, but. I think it did, I think it did because I'm pretty sure I saw him do that a couple of times where he'd come down pit road and you saw the jug getting poured in. I was just like, I, I, that's unfortunate. And he's a buff dude, but like, like Jared said, if you've ever driven a car without power steering, I have, um, it's, it's not great. And then imagine, you know, how I mean, many turns Charlotte Global has and of all tracks for that to happen, it's gotta be at a, at a road course. Right. Yeah. That, that's not fun. So no, not at all. But, um, I mean, impressive on his part. I don't, I can tell you. If you sit here and say that drivers aren't athletes, like, there's your proof right there. Right. So, say what you want, but... End of conversation. Yeah. All righty, well, to kick off, uh, we'll cover Xfinity Series real quick. Um, AJ Allmendinger wins his fourth straight race at the Charlotte Roval after battling Ty Gibbs in the closing laps. Ty Gibbs, Ty, uh, no, Ty Gibbs Noah Gregson, James Davison... And Justin Algaier rounded out the top five. The Roval was the cutoff race for the round of 12, where Ryan Sieg, Daniel Hemrick, Riley Herbst, and Jeremy Clements were eliminated. I know Riley had a tough race, too. Um, your current playoff standings heading into the round of eight look like this. Noah Gregson uh, is in the lead, plus 34, followed by A.J. Allmendinger, plus 22. Ty Gibbs, plus 16. Justin Algaier, plus 11. Josh Berry is below the cutoff line um, at minus 11. Austin Hill, negative 15. Brandon Jones, negative 22. And Sam Mayer um, in last at negative 28 or 28 points below cutoff. Um, Cup Series, Christopher Bell managed to grab the win at the Roval. Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, A.J. Allmendinger, and Justin Haley rounded out the top five. At the conclusion of the race, 2021 NASCAR champion Kyle Larson was eliminated, as well as Daniel Suarez, who suffered from that power steering loss. Austin Sindrick and Alex Bowman. Um, your current playoff standings look like this. Chase Elliott um, is the number one seed at plus 31, followed by Joey Logano at plus 11, Ross Chastain at plus 6, Christopher Bell at plus, thir- uh, plus 3. Below the cutoff line is Ryan Blaney at negative 3. William Byron um, is also there uh, below the cutoff, um, negative 3 points. Daniel, no, sorry, gosh, Danny Hamlin <laughs> is below the cutoff by five points and chase briscoe is in last at minus nine points below the cutoff i do want to make a comment here uh most of the race was boring but like the last two laps or whatever was absolutely chaos yeah um and then another comment i want to make is the points right now like uh, no one's safe chase elliott is plus 31 so like he's got a little bit of a buffer but one bad race and all that changes (laughs) Right. Um, but, I mean, just the rest of them. Joey Logano is only plus 11, and then you have Chase Briscoe minus 9. Like, everybody's really, really, really close. I was going to say that, too. Um, and I think it's because of these new cars, but um, the playoff points, the standings are so close and really tight that it's anybody's championship. Whereas, I think the last year with the with the car before the next gen, um, it wasn't. I think there's some more math involved, I guess, if you will, or more work to figure out where people stand at. Now it's like you got, um, like you said, um, Joey Logano at plus 11, and then you have 
Um, Christopher Bell plus three, and then Ryan Blaney and William Byron below the cutoff by three. Um, I mean, it's really tight between these drivers. Yeah. And Christopher Bell was in a must-win situation going into the Roval. So, yeah. I mean, it, the strategy that they ended up running worked out for them and pretty cool. But other than, I mean, just the race itself, I hate to say it because I was, I think I was anticipating the road courses bringing much more. Like, I, I'm already not a fan of road courses. So, to bring in where you only can pass on restarts mm-hmm. and I don't know, just not a huge fan. I mean, I'm not either. And, and going off what you're saying, I think it was going to be more, I thought it was going to be more exciting with it being a cutoff race. Drivers would have been more desperate to make those big moves, but um, didn't really see that much the last two laps maybe, but um, really surprised. But I, I've seen a lot of talk that a lot of people think that these cars just aren't handling the way that they originally thought they would on a road course. So it's definitely interesting to to see and, and kind of figure out as we move forward next year. Absolutely. Do you want to take this too? Go for it. All righty. Um, so – at the conclusion of the race at the Charlotte Roval, NASCAR um, did some investigating. And uh, following that, um, Stuart Haas Racing and Cole Custer have been penalized following Sunday's race. NASCAR reviewed audio between key team members and believed Custer had dramatically slowed on the backstretch in an effort to help teammate Chase Briscoe gain positions on the final lap. During their review, NASCAR stated at the time that any decision would not impact the round of eight. NASCAR uh, went on to fine Custer $100,000 and docked him 50 points. Crew chief Michael Shiplett uh, has been indefinitely suspended and fined $100,000 as well. And Stuart Haas Racing was also penalized 50 owners points for the number 41. Stuart Haas Racing began the appeal process and issued the following statement. Stuart Haas Racing denies any wrongdoing and will vigorously defend its personnel against these allegations and its appeal with NASCAR. When asked for a statement, team owner Tony Stewart said, I'm not going to talk about it. He went on to say, I'm so mad at NASCAR right now, I'm not talking about it. We did reach out for comment, and uh, same same thing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we didn't, but uh, he's he's pretty pissed. And, um, you know, they just dropped their other appeal with Kevin Harvick um, following his penalties. So uh, I, I, I'm not surprised that he's mad about this. And uh, But I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I have, so first off, I want to say that I think that the way that the championship, like at the points and all the playoffs are set up, uh, opens a door for stuff like this to happen. I don't know how to restructure the playoffs so that something like this doesn't happen, I guess, but, um, you know, each position is a point. Right. Well, if you have a teammate that's not in the playoffs, okay, yeah, why wouldn't I help you out? Right. I mean, I don't see anything – I don't want to say I don't see anything wrong with it, but, I mean, I feel like there's no difference here than – was it last year at Bristol? With Chase, Chase Elliott, yeah. Kevin Harvick, and Chase got in front of Kevin Harvick and slowed down, and then Larson just kind of took off with it. Right. So whether that was proven or not, like, we all saw it happen. So. Right. It, I, I agree. I don't think it's any different. And, you know, being on social media – uh, I think it is about 50 50. Um, you know, you have one side of people saying NASCAR just opened a door and, and set a precedent with this bad decision and they're setting themselves up to fail. You have other people saying that, no, the precedent was with Chase Elliott and, and, you know, this shouldn't be a penalty. And 
went on to say things like, you know, this is because the playoffs are so cutthroat and and this is how you all um, designed the playoffs. So, you know, you, sh- and you should be able to do things like this to help teammates. And then someone else I saw said something like, then what's the point of having teammates? You know, right. And so I, I'm, I think there's a fine line here. Like if, say, Cole Custer on purpose wrecked somebody to help Chase mm-hmm. Briscoe gain positions, but just slowing down so your teammate passes you, like I don't see what's wrong with that. And that's my thing, too. It's like who's to say that he wasn't – like granted, they have audio that we don't have, um, but it's like who's to say that he didn't just slow down to let his teammate by? Because it's like if – you know, that's a difficult part of the track to navigate and – Who's to say that he couldn't have wrecked and taken his teammate out, and then he didn't make it in the playoffs? So I don't know. It is a uh, it's odd. Um, I am interested to see what NASCAR and their um, appeals board decides to do with this, but um, I don't see any wrongdoing here. I don't. I don't really either. <laughs> I think racing honest. is racing, and you know that's just one of the products of it. I mean, you set it up that way, and you shot yourself in the foot. I mean, I think if he like. Now we we alluded to this last time where Clinton Boyer purposely spun to kind of bring out a caution and help his teammate. It's totally different. That's totally different. That's what I'm getting at. I think you know slowing down and avoiding any problems or, or whatever. I don't I don't see a problem with this. So, um, I, giving I, up a position <laughs> that doesn't matter to you that matters to your teammate. Right. I don't see a problem with it, and I think NASCAR's made a few bad calls this year, but. A few. That's <laughs> trying to be nice. That's besides the point. But um, yeah, I definitely think this is a bad call on NASCAR. I do. I feel like we're awful big critics for being little short track racers. Cool. But I mean, somebody's got to do it. I know we're not the only one. So yeah, I mean that's fair. And and here's my thing. <sighs> Never mind. Disregard. I was gonna say. No, I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the fans who moan about everything. Right, mm-hmm. I am somebody. I have no say in this, and I don't have a role in this. But I've been because I care. I'm not saying they don't care, but it's like they don't offer solutions either. Anything that NASCAR does, they bitch about. I'm like, I care about this sport. I love this sport, and I just think this is a bad decision. And I'm going to speak out on it. Mm-hmm. Sue me. I mean, if it was a good decision, <laughs> I would say I think this is a good decision. I like yeah. it. Right. Or if I disagree with it and it proves me wrong, I'll come back and be like, oh, I was wrong. Like, I didn't like this. It worked out. You know what I mean? Right. So, I don't know. But moving on to the injury report, Alex Bowman announced Wednesday that he would miss the next three races as he continues to suffer from concussion-like symptoms. Gregson will continue to drive the number 48 with team president and general manager Jeff Andrews saying they will evaluate plans for the season finale as the event approaches. I don't see him coming back this season. I mean, maybe, but I just, I I feel like to be out as long as he is because of a wreck that wasn't very major. Well, I mean, allude to uh, Kurt Busch. I mean, his was a little bit harder of a wreck, but he's been out for a while now. Um, And I think that is concerning because, well, I shouldn't say that Um, because drivers like Dale Jr. have said, you know, take this seriously and don't try to rush back in. But it's like we see other sports where concussions happen, and it seems like the turnaround is is shorter than what we're seeing right now. I mean, look at two. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Gang signs. Yeah. But, no, for real, though, I mean, 
but I'm also not a medical doctor and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to this, but I'm just saying like in years past, I don't know. Cause it's been a, a few weeks now. I mean, I'm probably an awful comparison here, but like, I think back to high school, uh, high school basketball, when one of us got a concussion, it was like two weeks, maybe three max. Right. And we're on what week three now, and he's going to be out for three more weeks. I guess I understand because of the potential for more damage while you're racing compared to basketball is probably a little different. And I say probably very lightly, it is different. Right. But I just think the fact that it it's that much of a concern is a big issue. But we do know that they're, they do have the test data. They have changes they're making, and they will be implemented next season. But right. I don't know. <laughs> I've talked I, about it before. Right, and, I, and I'm not going to pretend I know. And like I said, I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I should have sought some medical advice on this, but um, I, I don't know. Regardless, I don't see him coming back um, for for Phoenix. Um, but who knows? Maybe he will. Speaking of not coming back, um, on Tuesday, longtime NASCAR journalist Lee Spencer sent out the following tweet. Hearing Tyler Reddick's contract has been bought out... <laughs> From RCR. <laughs> What's funny? Did I say something wrong? No, I'll tell you later. Sorry. Okay. Tyler Reddick's contract has been bought out from RCR, and he will join 2311 next year. Announcement expected this weekend at Las Vegas. While an official announcement has not yet been made, this could signal that Kurt Busch will not be returning as a driver next season. I don't know why this this isn't funny, but Dakota's laughing. I promise something. you I'm not <laughs> You know, I haven't. I didn't sleep well last night. I'm slap happy. I, something did happen that I'm laughing at. This isn't it. Um, did you finish reading? Uh, he is expected to make an announcement on Saturday. Okay. Now I'm done reading. Sorry. Um, not funny. <coughs> sorry. Excuse me. I'll tell you what happened later. But um, we've been talking about this for a while, and I I had some concerns that he wasn't returning. And you know, we're not. I I don't want to say that this is signaling that he is going to retire, but it certainly looks that way and um, very unfortunate. But um, that's what I've been calling for a while. I, I don't see him coming back as a driver. Um, I'm sure and I'm confident he'll come back with 2311, as Denny has said before, that he has a position, whether it's as a driver or um, a, a role in the office. But I think this is what that's going to signal. So I guess we'll see. I, I have to agree with you at this point. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else the announcement would be unless unless they're going for three cars. But you know, Hunter, Hunter talked about that the other day about how RCR was talking about getting a third charter, and I said that was never, that was never going to be a thing. Um, at least I don't think so. I don't know where they would have gotten it from, and um, what we're about to talk about next will explain why I don't think that was. But um, twenty three eleven bought out his his contract and. Uh, I'm not surprised by that either because I knew if Kurt Busch was going to retire, it was going to be one of two things. Either they were going to try to keep Ty Gibbs for that that year or they were going to buy out that contract and Ty, Tyler was going to come sooner. So um, I certainly hope that's not what it is, but um, I got a good feeling that Kurt Busch will be announcing his retirement this Saturday at Las Vegas, and um, that'll be his, his career. I agree with you. Um. All righty. Well, this episode is crazy. Um, 
if that's all we have for that, um, I'll kind of go through this real quick. Um, so I, we had talked about RTA um, last week and in, in their negotiations with NASCAR and teams and trying to get teams more funding from from their TV deals. Um, I was listening to um, Dale, the Dale Jr. download, and uh, I thought this was interesting, so I wanted to read through this real quick and then get your opinion on something. So in the latest episode of the Dale Jr. download, Dale Jr. shared that while he has been very interested in starting a cup team, he has been hesitant on the decision, since, especially since the negotiations between the RTA uh, and NASCAR have, have been taking place. Um, currently, cup teams operate at a loss, only receiving about 7% of um, revenue shares from the TV deals. One of the, and, and then he goes on to say, one of the things that's interesting for me is that um, I, I'm a potential owner of the NASCAR or in the NASCAR Cup Series. Junior Motorsports could be a future owner in the series, and we are actively out here, uh, like a lot of other new owners that are talking to these teams about what these charters are worth. Who's willing to sell one? How do we become an owner? Uh, Earnhardt uh, asked on this week's Dale Jr. download. Um, and he goes on to say, and so when I heard what I heard from the RTA, it made me go, hmm, I need to wait and pause. RTA is basically telling me that this charter I want to buy is a losing proposition uh, or not money-making. It's broken. I don't want to buy this charter now because it's not a successful business venture. Um, Earnhardt admits that he expected the RTA to move the needle a little bit more into the direction of the race teams from a revenue share standpoint. And hearing how far apart the teams in NASCAR are has caused him to um, second guess the decision to jump into the cup series. He goes on to say as an interested owner or interested future purchaser of a charter, I expected that number to get there. I expected them to be able to achieve what they wanted. I expected the RTA RTA to get this done. And when I saw NASCAR came back with a minimal increase, it freaked me out a little bit. Um, and then the article I got this from, um, goes on to talk about the price of charters saying that, the price of charters have skyrocketed. When the team charters were first introduced heading into the 2016 season, teams could purchase them on the open market for roughly $2 million. Six years later, they are become they are being listed at roughly 1,300% higher uh, valuations. Um, this has led Earnhardt and other prospective uh, NASCAR Cup Series team owners to wonder if this is the true value of the charters or if the charters are a bubble that is just begging to burst. Um, the article goes on to quote, uh, say a charter has gone literally in less than a decade from $2 million to 28 to $30 million in value. And everyone is wondering if that 28 to $30 million valuation is real, or if it's just a bubble Earnhardt said, I went from kind of being able to somewhat justify that purchase to no way, not at that number, knowing what I know about NASCAR came back with as an offer knowing that these teams are operating at a loss, knowing I'm going to spend $30 million to get a charter that is going to operate at a loss, and I'm going to get a very minimal amount of money out of the TV deal. <sighs> After reading all of that, um, and as I said, we talked about it last week, do you think that Dale Jr., who uh, I think is very important to the sport, very, very active, active in the sport, somebody who is at one point begging to go into the Cup Series – somebody that I would love to see go in the cup series. Do you think his opinion on this holds any weight? Oh, absolutely. And if it doesn't, it should. If you have Dale Earnhardt Jr. Who we know raced in the cup series knows what knows 
the ins and outs of the operation at this point is waving a red flag because he's like, I can't justify spending $30 million to lose money. Like, it's already ding near impossible to make money racing. Like, there's a saying that says, you know how to make a small fortune in racing, and it's start with a big one. Right. Um, So, I just, you know, I can't afford $2 million either, but $2 million compared to 28 to 30 just seems way more achievable, especially if you look from like Dale Earnhardt's standpoint, you know, he, he has a very successful Xfinity series team. So we know he'd be capable of having a successful cup series team. Right. And at that, he's still, he's like, I'm, I don't want to just lose money. Like it's not worth it to him. Right. And I think that's an issue. I think a lot of teams are going to start seeing it that way. And I also kind of want to know why the charters have gone up so much. Like what's the reasoning for it? Right. I will. So I'm going to speculate. Um, first, <clears throat> I was thinking about this last night and I thought after hearing what Dale Jr. said, I was like, you think NASCAR would listen to someone like Dale Jr. and say, OK, we need to reevaluate this whole thing. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know what I'm talking about here either. And I wanted to do research on this. What is different from the Cup Series and the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series? Why is it that the Cup team, Cup Series has charters, but the other two don't? That's my first question. Are these charters really necessary? Secondly, going back six years ago, weren't these charters designed and marketed as a, um, not so much a money maker, but um, a cost saving opportunity for teams? Again, I'd have to go back and look, but I, I, I think that's the case. Um, and then as far as, you know, why they're so expensive, it's because you're losing money. So it's like if if I'm going to sell one, I want to at least make something back, right? Right. Um, but it's also like do we see teams – I don't see teams like selling them like left and right. I think if a team was to sell them, it's because they have to cut a team uh, out of their shop. Um, I don't know. I, I don't like the idea of charters. I think maybe on paper they sound good, but right now I'm concerned. Um, because you know, like even Jeff Gordon said, Hendrick Motorsports has not operated um, at a. They haven't made a profit in many, many years. They've Which always operated crazy at a loss. To think about because Kyle Larson went on a tear last year and won most of the races, and the right. fact that they're still not making money when your drivers are winning races is an issue. And I think a lot of people, including me, at one point before I got into the thick of motorsports and realized how teams actually make their money and things like that you would have thought with like the branding deals and the sponsorships and, and merch sales and stuff like that, that these teams would be making money and it would be a profitable business. And now hearing now knowing what I know and hearing what teams are saying, I'm like, damn, like I, I'm sure if somebody who had no idea what they were talking about or, or cared to know heard, you know, like you could change their mind and be like, yeah, that's not how that works. Um, and then it kind of goes into like the whole like sponsorship thing. Like these team budget 60 to 80% are um, funded with sponsorship. And we saw with Kyle Busch, um, once a sponsor decides to leave, which a lot of people say, like, all these sponsors are deciding to leave. But it's like, I also think they're hard to to gain. Um, you lose a whole team. Yeah. You lose a driver anyway. Um, but, you know, they're talking about NASCAR selling these teams that to keep saving money somehow. And it's like all these owners are like, if we save any more money or cut, funding we're gonna have to fire people 
um, which I think is unfortunate. But I think with this becoming public and teams starting to like kind of like clap back, I wonder how it's going to make potential sponsors feel. Because I'm, I'm sure there are businesses out there that might be like considering coming into the sport. But it's like if they're seeing this, I wonder if they're like turned away by it or or what or like. The, the cost of it is so high. That's obviously why a lot of businesses decide not to go in. But it's like if it was more affordable for everybody involved, if you could absolutely gain more sponsorship. So I think NASCAR is really dropping the ball here, and uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I think that NASCAR – This somebody's going to call me stupid here. It might be you, but I'm going I'm to say this out loud anyway. I think NASCAR should be set up like – your local short tracks where you have a car in that class, you show up and you can run it. Now I get a NASCAR is supposed to be the top level, top top of the top, you know, mm-hmm. best talent. I think you should have to meet certain qualifications, but as far as having charters and this, that, and the other, like I think you should just be able to, if you have a car, if you have the money, the sponsors, whatever, if you are physically able to bring a car and you meet the certain qualifications that someone other than myself <laughs> comes up with, I mean, you should be able to get out there and compete. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, I just, I, again, it goes back to like what's different between the Xfinity and Truck Series teams. Like they don't have charters, to my knowledge, and they work just fine. And they work just fine. So why does the Cup Series have to have charters? <clears throat> and even then, it's like with the TV deals and all this other stuff, which the teams are supposed to be bringing in some money through these charters. Like they get paid out for through these charters, but it's like if they're not making money and they're basically getting reimbursed like less than a percent of their budget. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. I think before we go to your solution, I would also uh, suggest that they move towards a F one approach. Again, I tried doing fact checking on this. I don't know, but like, the F1 budget is split 50-50. So it's like 50% to teams and then 50% to the sanctioning body. Do you think NASCAR itself is just too money hungry? Yes. I think that's the big issue. Yeah, and, and you know, that might be a leadership issue, but I feel like NASCAR has always been like that mm-hmm. for a very, very long time. You know, it's always about money, and I'm just like, again... Money, money, money. What I said last week, it's like these teams are the ones making you money. So the least you could do is make sure counter offer something better. And then for them to even wait as long as they did to make a counter offer, I'm like, obviously, they don't care about you and what you're doing for the sport. So it's like, why would these teams like if I was a team owner and I was a part of that situation, I would be like, what what's the like, what is what do I get out of this, you know, for showing up next year? Like, I'd be like, no, we're not showing up until something changes. I'm sure a lot of people are starting to get, like, Chase Elliott even talked about, I'm pretty sure about, you know, does he think drivers are going to protest the safety of these cars? He doesn't know, but it's, I think it's quite possible. I mean, even beyond the safety, like, like you said. But I think, yeah. There's there's no, like, the the reward isn't greater than any risk that they're taking right now that, right at all. And, and I, I, that's why I enjoy hearing Hamlin and Harvick and and Chase now and hopefully more drivers start to speak out. I hope that with this becoming public as far as like the the negotiations for money, I hope those become public and I hope teams start standing up for themselves 
and because obviously whatever's happening behind closed doors is not working. So making it public and coming out and making it a public issue because public uh, opinion will play a huge factor in this. I think things would start to change, but I certainly hope that these people involved start standing up for themselves. Nonetheless, they have to. I mean, NASCAR. Nothing's going to change. I mean, nothing's really happening now. You know, and people talk about you know, well, they should just stop racing NASCAR and make their own series, and it's like, good luck with that. Where do you even start? Yeah, it's not that easy. IndyCar tried doing that with the car. I'm pretty sure it was called the Kart Series. Don't call me on that, but but it's not that simple. It sounds simple, but it's not right because you still have to get your TV deals. You still have branding. You still, you know, you still have to get people interested in what you're trying to achieve and as I much as i hate to say it there are fans that are so loyal to nascar that no matter how bad things get they'll be like well if it's not nascar i'm not watching it right and i and i think it's it, it's a lot harder to do that than just try to like even protest like just don't show up until things change and start standing up for yourselves i think that would be more of a logical approach than trying to just upright start a whole new series and and then try to compete with NASCAR. I think another thing, which I'm sure the drivers themselves don't really care about, but it's going to happen, is how much heat they're going to catch if they decide to protest. Because you're going to have little Timmy sitting behind his keyboard saying, oh, you just need to suck it up and drive. And well, You know how... I mean... Like, there's still yes. That's, that's going to happen. Yeah. And, well, and going back to these NASCAR fans who, who bitch about everything, I know that that would be a, a thing. But I hope that the majority of NASCAR fans would understand and stand with their favorite drivers during that time if it were to come down to it. But again, like something, I mean, look, 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 look how long it took NASCAR to finally say, okay, we need to change something with the safety of these cars. You had two drivers who, who were out with, who are still out with concussion like symptoms. You, these cars are not the safest (laughs) things around. And it's like, we're lucky. I think we dodged a huge bullet this this season that somebody wasn't seriously injured or killed. Um, Which I mean, you got to think. Uh, I think it was was it the first race of the season that Harrison Burton went upside down and yep. he was fine and which is cool, right? I think at this point, from what we've seen with everything else, very lucky that he's okay. Um, but like we still have things that that happen. Like I think, like you said, dodged many, many, many bullets, right? Um, so I don't know. I'm rambling at this point, but I, I, I certainly hope that, um, there'd be support for it. And then I just want to go back to, uh, which this will never happen. I don't think I, I know I don't, I know, mm, I don't know what the hell I'm on today. I know this won't happen, but even if for those of you who are like, well, they could try to split. No, they can't because NASCAR owns majority of these tracks anyway. So again, not a logical, uh, solution, but I do think that um, uh, a change in leadership would help. Or to play off your idea, um, they try to make it like the like a national like super late model series, right? I don't eliminate think, the next gen and just do a national. I don't think you can just let anybody in, right? There are there needs to be stipulations requirements that have to be met because, like I said, you're racing with top tier talent and to just throw old Joe Schmo in there and like it's gonna make a lot of people mad the moment he messes up. It kinda sounds like the Irox series. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're not wrong. I would love to as a matter of fact, I would love to get Chris on 
and talk about what's going on. I want to talk to him about a lot, actually. But yeah, for those of you who are listening, like, what the hell are they talking about? Um, we don't even know. <laughs> so, but Chris is our I racing or I rock challenge series league admin. Um, and there's just a lot of stuff going on. The last two races have been very sloppy. Um, there's a lot of people that aren't happy and yeah, that's kind of the gist of it at the moment. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. I don't know. Um, are we ready to move on? Yes. Okay. Winchester 400 pre-race pre-race. Wow. Uh, it's finally here. <laughs> I'm so excited. Me too. I'm excited this year, or sorry, this race every year. I'm really excited for it, but I'm sad at the same time because I know after Sunday, it's just like, what do I do now? That's when off-season for us really hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the 51st annual Winchester 400 weekend this weekend, first night, uh, tomorrow night, will, are you releasing this tonight or tomorrow? Hopefully. Hopefully tonight. The plan is tonight, but okay. Knowing well, us. <laughs> um, Friday. So either today, if you're listening on Friday, or tomorrow, if we release this on <laughs> Thursday night. Um, anyway, it will kick off with the Vores Compact Touring Series, Jag CRA All Stars, CRA Late Model Sportsman Series, and the CRA Street Stocks. Racing starts at 7 p.m. Uh, Saturday. Action will pick back up with the Midwest Modified Tour. CRA Late Model Sportsman Series, CRA Street Stocks, and Thunder Roadsters. Racing is set to begin at 5 p.m. Uh, Saturday. Sunday, the 51st Annual Winchester 400 will kick off with an autograph session at 12.30. Pre-race ceremonies will follow at 1.30. Green flag is scheduled for 2 p.m. Um, just as we did last year with the Winchester 400, and I believe we did with the Snowball Derby. Yeah. And we've done with, I think, Red Bud, maybe. Red Bud. We are going to Nashville. go through the list of drivers for each series. I don't have street stocks, but if you race street stocks or you're a fan of them, blame CRA. They dropped the ball on that one, not me. Yeah, so we we don't have a street stock entry list, but so we won't be able to go over that one. I mean, I could tell you one person, <laughs> but that's about it. Uh, but first off, we have the Vors Compact Touring Series. We have Tom Gosser. Steve Vore, Terry Eaton Jr., Brett Smith, Chris Jennings, Zach Morris, Andy Jennings, Aaron Tapman, Cody Riley, Josh Richardson, Jake Albright, Travis Lee, Joseph Jennings, Aaron Teagarden, Bo Holscher, Ron Sagers, Sagers? Sagers. Sagers. J.R. Vester, Justin Brown, Derek Morris, Kyle Frame, Tony Barkus, Scott Huffman, Sean Frederick, Yogi Metz. I like that name. I do too. Rob Rob Rem, Trent Gosser, Derek Simon, Bradley Winters, R.V. Yoder, Phil Liff, Jason Clevenger, Ashley Chalfont, Carter Stark, David Yoder, Jeff Vore, and Kyle Stark. I apologize for those of you that may be listening. If we butcher your name tonight, we are not the best at this. If you've listened to us the past year, you know damn well I'm not good at names. So I mean, heck, we, we said Michael Hines' name wrong <laughs> for the first six times we said it. Yeah. Um. All right. Vor series. Who are we picking? I have to go with Kyle Frame here. Um, I am a loyalist, but you know he he did win at Stock Car Festival. Um, I think he has a really good shot at it. Um, so I I have to go with him. But I mean, 
let's talk about the points championship for a second. Eleven point gap between him and and uh, Jennings. I, no, um, who is it? Oh, geez, hold on, everybody. Um, uh, Gosser. It's Tom. Is it Tom? I think. Hold on, everybody. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? The very first episode. We're just hey, like it's only fitting that we have no idea what we're talking about this episode. Yeah. It was planned actually. We wanted to <laughs> reminisce on the first episode. Um fun fact, first episode we had to do it five times because it kept messing up. Chris Jennings. Chris Jennings leads Kyle Frame by eleven points. Sorry. Uh Trent Gosser sits in third. Um let's see, he is uh not very far behind Kyle. He is nine points behind Kyle. So, I mean, it can come down to anybody. Um, I think they said that they have like 115 points up for grabs. Um, no, 105. So, I mean, it, it, it can be it anybody's. It could be any of those three. Right. Um, if you've followed our Countdown to Winchester series that we've had going on this week. Which has been a lot better than this episode. <laughs> um, first off, I want to say great idea, Dakota. Thank you. Um, I love that idea. I think a lot of other people like that idea. Um, I'm glad we've had the turnout that we have. We have at least one more interview to be released tomorrow. Yep. Um, you'll see the post on Facebook later noting who that driver will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad we've had some of the feedback we've gotten from the drivers we've talked to, and um, it's been pretty good. But uh, Kyle Frame was the first driver we talked to, and if you remember, he talked about the big one at Winchester. He he noted that he doesn't like Winchester. He'd rank it rank the track thirtieth out of the fourteen tracks that they run. <clears throat> um, he just doesn't have the greatest of luck there. Last year he was involved early, very that, early that ended his day. Um, but this year he's got some momentum on his side, like Dakota said, uh, winning at Winchester for the Stock Car Festival and then running P two at Anderson. Um, so. He did say, you know, he thinks that Jennings is probably going to have to have a bad night, but he does not wish that on anybody. You know, um, Kyle just being a good guy. You know, you don't wish, don't wish your success because of other people's downfall. I get it, um, but I think I also have to go with Kyle Frank. Um, I'm also excited to see Bradley Winters out there. We did interview him as well, um, rookie season. Uh, but he's going to be out there. He said he loves the track. He's just looking to be consistent and just survive. That was his big thing. Um, so we're looking forward to seeing both of them out there. Uh, we got some locals to us. Travis Lee will be there. Um, several others that that are regulars at Mount Lawn. Mm-hmm. So have some hometown repping going on. But And I think regardless of who wins, I think this will be a good race. I think the Vore Series always does put on a good race. So, um but yeah, uh, I don't know. Exciting. I, I agree with you. I think the Vores does produce some very good racing. And I actually made a comment on someone's TikTok the other day. It was like, he's a front wheel drive racer. He races dirt. But um, it was he was talking about how people always talk down on him. He's like, oh, these aren't even race cars and blah, 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 blah. You don't even go that fast. And I commented on it. I was like, dude, I was like, I know you don't based on the post, I'm like, but don't let people get to you because front-wheel drives have produced better. Like, I've watched some front-wheel drive races, compact races, that were better than late models or some late model or some sprint car races that I've watched. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, 
they can be just as good. Yeah, they may not be as fast, but, I mean, there's 40 of them out on the track because they're easier to build and maintain. And for us guys that don't have a lot of money, like that's, well, I say the stock compacts. Yeah, I was going to say no. The, the Vores guys, they 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 got some stuff going on there. but Right. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, these cars may not be as fast as late models or modifieds or sprint cars, but I'll be damned if I'll let someone sit here and say that they aren't good to watch because they're pretty fun 90% of the time. I agree. And I've raced in many of them, and uh, as a driver, I think they're fun. I mean, I don't know. That's all I know. But uh, I think Mount Lawn, they put on one of the better shows the entire year. So yeah, um, stop the hate. <laughs> um, oh God, I don't even want to do this. I can do it. Thanks. <laughs> so for the Midwest, <laughs> are you Midwest Modifieds? Yes. Okay. Al Berry, Walt Obrinsky Jr., Jason Congdon, Matt Maurer, Scott Thomasick, Greg Fullerton, Danny Jackson, Andy Booten, Matt Dimmitt, Josh Kemp, Kyle Purvis, Josh Ware, Tim Burkett, Dave Nestor, Scotty Lamp, Jamie Womack, Aaron Taylor, Buddy Gray, Jeff Lane, Austin Coe, Chris Johnson, Trevor Berry, Stephen Nassie, Chase Lane, Cody Strickler, Sam Bigham, Logan McPherson, Terry Fisher Jr., Rob Wyman, Bob Silva Jr., and or Sibilla, sorry, Bob Sibilla Jr., and Derek Griffin. This is a pretty stacked field of modifieds. Uh, that and a lot of great drivers. So this is going to be a hard one to call for me. I I don't know how familiar is Nat familiar nasty is with running a modified i know he's done it before Mm -hmm. this isn't his first time obviously he's a driver so i think there's he's got to be up on the list but i mean the burkett nester guys they're all pretty good jeff lane if he finishes the race you know if he can avoid mechanical issues of any sort he's pretty good um we know uh where's he at terry fisher jr's fast there um i mean there's really a any of these guys. And we we also talked to uh, Austin Coe. He said they found some speed in their car this uh, earlier this week when they were there. Um, so, I mean, it could really be a toss-up between any of these guys. 50 laps. It's a lot of wear and tear on these cars. Mm-hmm. Again, it's another survive, and you'll probably finish pretty well. Yep. So, I really don't know who to pick here. I'm going to say <clears throat> if uh, Austin Coe, again... He was on our show. That's not why I'm picking him. I follow their Facebook page, and he looked fast. However, I would also like to see Steven Nassie win. I think that'd be absolutely amazing. Um, but like you said, a lot of drivers on here who are fast, who are good, who have won. Um, so, I mean, I think this race will be another great race to watch, and I don't. I think that it'll be a toss-up. I think I got to go my top two. Which this is going to shock you because Nassie's not in it. I'm not surprised. I'm going to have to go with um, Kyle Purvis or Terry Fisher Jr. Mm-hmm. I think those are fair picks. And again, they're they're fast and and they've won. And but again, I mean, it's a toss up. A lot of these guys are very capable of winning this race. Right. And I mean, it, we have to remember it's also Winchester where anything can happen. You get caught up in the big one, eight laps in. Um, you might get caught up in a big one at the end. Uh, it really is drive to survive and simple mechanical failures. Just yeah. totally 
end your day. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, anything. I think this is a race that is more of a luck of a draw. I, I'm not going to say I like it more than the 400 itself, but it's a close second. Watching the run for the gun 50 on Winchester 400 weekend modifieds at Winchester. I love it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Moving on to the All-Stars Tour. I'll try to do this one. <laughs> Again, if I butcher your name, I'm so sorry. Uh, Rick Giano. That's not right. Sorry. Rick Giannino. That's what <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Uh, Ryan Fleming, John Beach, James Kruger, Scotty Tomasic, uh, Nicholas Noggle. Noggle. Ryan Lu- Luza, Dan Leak, Nick Egan, Jordan Reddick, uh, Chase Berta, Mark Lambert, Ethan Stad. Nixuk. Stad Nixuk? I'm so I have sorry. no idea. That's a tough one. <laughs> really, it takes me back to episode one. <laughs> Jimmy Tucker, Billy Van Meter, William Solowich, Dylan Stovall, Jeff Foltz, Kevin Cremonesi, Cremonesi, Jonathan Martin, Albert Francis, uh, Wes Griffith Jr., Tom Miller, Jordan Miller, Michael Simcoe, Dakota Stroop, John Stapleton, Stephen Nassi, Jared Smith, Brandon Varney, Evan Varney, Michael Hind, Gio. Ruggiero. Ruggiero. Sure. Uh, J.P. Crabtree and Dylan Bates. All right. I, another pretty pretty decent field of drivers. Um, I do want to say it's so weird not seeing one specific driver. We're not fans of him, but we haven't heard a word about him, haven't heard his name once this entire season. Not on the list. Haven't seen him race. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to name drop. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh so my picks. I think John Beach is a good one. Uh Ryan loses a good one. William Solich, of course. <laughs> um let's see. Nassie. Um, I think both of the Varneys are pretty good. Michael Hind. I mean, there's just a lot here. So I think in this one. I might go with Nassie in this one. Uh, yeah, I'll take Nassie on this one. Nassie first, lose a second. Um, as much as I want to pick Nassie, I really think um, and hope that it comes between William Solowich and, and Michael Hind. I say that because uh, World, Car, World Stock Car Festival, um, they had a great battle. William Solowich ended up winning. Um but I would love to see that battle between them two again. Um, that's who I'm going with. I don't know how many times Michael Hines been to Winchester. I didn't really like develop a following of my own for him until this year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how familiar he is with the track. That's the first time I've known he's been there, but that doesn't mean anything. Right. So if that was his first time. Or one of his first times. I mean, who's to say he, doesn't, he hasn't figured something out between Stuttgart Festival and now. Right. I mean, he had impressive run, an impressive run, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, now for the 51st annual Winchester 400 entry list. Uh, we have 28 cars entered as of October 5th. Start off, we have John Beach, Chris Munson, Neil McClelland, Jaden Kritachi. I butchered that, sorry. Dan Leake, Carson Hosovar, Chase Berta. Chandler Smith, Jesse Love, Sammy Smith, Eddie Van Meter, Billy Van Meter, William Solich, Casey Roderick, Tommy St. John, 
Albert Francis, uh, Jess Druck, Jake Garcia, Jordan Miller, Stephen Nassi, Cole Butcher, Brian Brewer, Evan Varney, Logan Bearden, Michael Hind, Brandon Varney, Corey Heim, and Kyle Crump. Tough. I have an answer. Not surprising. Sorry to everybody else. I hope you all good luck, but... Steven Nassie had such a good run last year that he almost had it, and um, I would really love for him to win this year. So that's my pick. Um, but, I mean, again, another stacked field. It could be anybody. Um, I'd also like to see Kyle Crump win. I would love to see Tommy St. John win. Uh, William Solowich would be awesome. Van Meters would be awesome. Um, I mean, there's so many, like – we know Josevar is probably going to be fast. Chandler yep. Smith, Sammy Smith are going to be fast. Jesse Love's going to be fast. Um, we know Jake Garcia is probably going to be fast. We know Nassie's probably going to be fast. Michael Hine, Corey Heim. Uh, we know Kyle's going to be fast. Kyle, I think, it was twenty twenty finished second. So we know he's capable of getting around the track. If it's again, it's a long, long race. It's a survival of the fittest. But if we recall, um. Last year, a lot of people had issues mm-hmm. early. And you got to think uh, with any of these Donnie Wilson race cars, they typically just take off and leave everybody. But they tend to have, or at least in years past, they have had some sort of issue that has hindered them from continuing their dominant performance. Right. Um, I don't know. I I kind of want to go with some off-the-wall pick that's just going to be like, hey, Surprise. But I don't think I can bring myself to do it. We did have Tommy St. John on the show. He's looking forward to it. Um, He's been running this race for several years, so he knows his way around the track. He knows what he's doing. Oh, man. I have to go with Nassie. I (laughs) want Nassie to win this so bad. But I really think that there's probably not a guy on this list that can't win. Right. Um, I'm sure Kyle, Kyle's got some good confidence going into this. I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to assume that Chandler and Sammy are going to have an issue. Don't know when. It's just going to happen. Definitely, uh, I, I would agree with uh, Chandler. That seems to be the, the history there. Sammy do- didn't have an issue last year. He actually just dumped leader for the win. Whatever. I mean, I don't know. We we could we don't have to. We can speculate, that, but but, but uh, I think that might come back to bite him. Yes. Um. I'm gonna take Kyle as my second, and I think third I'm gonna go. This is tough. Hosovar or Jesse Love. Again, like you said, um, anybody's race. That's what I love about Winchester. It's like every year, um. The entry list always seems stacked. And, again, uncertainty of Winchester, it's anybody's race. Absolutely. I do want to ask you, though, while we're on the topic of Winchester, what are your thoughts on them doing the controlled cautions throughout the race to eliminate the need for teams to spend money to get NASCAR pit crews out there to do tire changes? Because I know when I first started going, when, like, Chase Elliott was out there running, like, they he had a NASCAR pit, a pit crew, and so, like... You know, you come in and change four tires, and he's in and out in 10 seconds. Um, that's a good question. We should have asked our drivers that to see what their input is. 
I mean, I, su- I don't know when they started doing it, though. Right. I mean, I support, uh, I think, a couple years. Um, I would say, though, I support ways to cut cost, and, you know, some teams could afford it. I'm sure some teams couldn't. Um, so, I think but it then you're taking it field a lot. Yes, but then I also think on the other on the flip side of that, I could see people being like, "Well, it takes out an element of strategy." Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I support it just because I support cost saving. Just like um, we didn't talk about this, but late model teams aren't required to be there all three days now to help save costs. Oh, they're not. No, so they'll come in. They're only required to be there Saturday and Sunday. They don't have to come Friday if they don't want to. I know a lot of teams complained about that last year um, because they had no on-track activity Friday. So it was like, what's the point of being here? So um, I don't know. But I could also see people, you know, saying, well, it takes out that element of um, whatever you said. I can't think. An element of strategy. I get that. But, I mean, if you have, you know, you have a crew of regular guys like us going to change tires versus some guys who have been on an – yeah, a NASCAR like in the NASCAR scene where it's like get in, get out, done. Yeah, there you obviously have a huge advantage there. Yeah, so I like the evening of the playing field there. Well, then you have to think about like the 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 race itself. It would make it so much less interesting if we did it that way. If we let the NASCAR teams or you know professional crew crew mem- uh, crew members come in to crew a car, I Here's, think it would make it a lot less interesting. I have a proposal. Okay. This would never happen. This is just some off the wall thing. You each team shows up with a pit crew, mm-hmm. and each pit crew is assigned a number. You put all the numbers in like a hat or something, and each driver goes draws a number. Whatever number they pull, that's what pit crew they get for the race. That would be wild. It would, would never be. happen, but. I mean, I wouldn't say never. I mean, it's like this SRX series. I, I think it'd be pretty cool. It'd added element of be like, okay, well, you show up with a NASCAR pit crew, you're probably not going to get them. Right. So you're really, by bringing top-tier people to service your car, you're not really helping yourself. You're helping somebody else, most likely. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do I do like the idea of, of um, not having... Live pit stops, I guess. I do, too. I the, I think there's a huge red flag with my thing, with my idea here, because you know that there would be a team there. It'd be like, oh, well, we got this driver. We don't like him. We're going to purposely sabotage his race. Right. So, I mean, you open up a can of worms there, which is why I think it never happened. But it would be pretty cool. Just utter I mean, chaos. It would make it interesting. Yeah, that's for sure. But I also like the, I like the no, you know, the controlled cautions and I think it's it, less of a, it, it's less of an advantage that a team could take advantage of. I think it also helps with you know 400 laps is a long race, and I know this is from a fan standpoint. Restarts are fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I hate you know. There's the saying, "Cautions breed cautions." I get that, but whenever you get you know, there's only 28 cars entered. You get them spread out. I mean, the single file, it's hard to pass anyway. Mm-hmm. And then take into account that a lot of these guys are probably going to have mechanical failures or someone's going to wreck out, and then you're down to 14 cars before you know it, and then they're spread around the track enough that it's, you know, you know, like, you know what I mean? It does get kind of boring. Yeah. But 
I mean, you can't have side-by-side racing for 400 laps. It's just not going to work. <laughs> right. No, I agree. But I'm excited for this weekend. I am, too. It's also my birthday on Sunday, so. Yes. Very exciting. Lots happening. Lots happening. Um, I guess that's a good lee- <laughs> leeway into, uh, I guess, closing out the show. Um, I guess we wanted to touch base on... 365 days. Yeah, it's so crazy. I can't even count that high. This episode's been crazy, too, but again, like you said, it's fitting that we got haunted by the... Um, I guess it's fitting that this episode's like the first episode ever, but... <laughs> um, what's, I'll interview you. Um, expectations meet, exceed, or fall short of what you had for this. I definitely think we exceeded... Um, you know, after the first, we had the idea, you had the idea, and I, I hopped on it, and I was like, I like it. Let's right. do it. First episode was kind of rough, but we, you know, you and I, we've been very good at talking to each other, keeping each other in the loop, and being like, hey, I have this idea, let me run it by you, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. Um, I can honestly say that when we first started this, I didn't think that getting some of the people to talk to us like we have... Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to spoil who's our driver for tomorrow because it's not been announced yet. I mean, we can announce. I don't care. Okay, so our interviewer for tomorrow, Kyle Crump, you know, mm-hmm. getting drivers of super late models that are rather successful. You know, um, we had Tommy St. John on. We have two Vors guys that took time out of their day to talk to us. I mean, Austin Coe took time out of his day to talk to us. So, I mean... And we don't even have that big of a following. I mean, it's it's good. Yeah. It's a lot more than where I thought we would be at this point, <laughs> right. I, I will say. Um, so I do want to thank everybody that's stuck with us and who have continued to listen to episodes. And we are open to feedback. If you guys have ideas that you would like to see, please. please Except if please. you're going to tell us to stop, then maybe don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Don't say the quiet part out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. We, we do want feedback. We want to be able to supply you guys with stuff that you actually want to listen to. Do you think we talk too much about NASCAR? Would you rather us talk about something else racing-related? You know, um, But, no, I, I definitely think we exceeded my expectations. Um, we've got a lot of good ideas. We've had, you know, we've executed some. Some didn't, weren't as well. Um, but I think for, like, the majority of everything, everything has gone super well. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree. Um, I remember, like I said, we started out in my barn and then quickly kind of moved into where we are now and then uh, invested some money in it and made it look nice. And it'd be nice to have a camera that works, but I'm working on that. Um, That's one thing I was talking about that wasn't executed the best because we wanted I, to record. The GoPro works, but like... So the last time... We re- we tried recording the episode, and I saw my phone. It looked like lightning, and then the camera kind of just, like, went out. Um, I think the execution was fine at the beginning when the cam- – like, my camera just doesn't work for whatever reason, and the camera that I want us to have is, like, thousands of dollars. So if you want to donate some money, I'm cool with that, but um, I'm trying to save my money. So I think once we get – Sponsors. Yeah. I think when we get better equipment, it'll be a lot better. Um like, I didn't care for the video quality of our videos at all. I just felt like it doesn't look that great. So, But it was something rather right. than just, it was a visual rather than just. And listening. that's what I really wanted to, like, offer you guys. So, yeah, I mean, I think 
if I could go back, I would have waited and just said what we what we're doing is fine. I tend to jump the gun a lot. Like the the countdown of Winchester series was literally like last minute. I had been thinking about it for a little bit, and it was like mm, we don't want, we're not going to do that this year. And then I was like, screw it, no one else is doing it to my knowledge. So I was like, let's do something that no one else is doing. And if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. And I was worried it was going to flop. I told Jared a couple of times this week. I was like, I hope it doesn't flop. But well, I mean, and I think like- it went really well. Yeah, like it, it was last minute, but Dakota brought it to points. my attention, and I was like, I was like, this is a really good idea if we can get the driver, get some drivers to come on and talk to us, which we weren't able to kind of, we wanted to get a modified driver, we weren't able to do that, but. Well, we did. Street stock. Or, sorry, street stock. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> my mind's in 80 different places. We didn't get a street yeah. stock driver, but we also still don't have a street stock entry list. So I think having that would have helped us reach out to figure out who we wanted to talk to. Right. Um, so shame on you, CRA. Uh, but anyway, like I, I told Dakota, I was like, I think this is a really good idea. I don't think it's going to flop. Like, I mean, it definitely could have, I was not going into details, but I, cause I knew we could lock in Kyle. I knew we could lock in Bradley. After that, I was like, I have no idea. Because these drivers are preparing for a rather big race of the year. Um, and then it was like, well, we could reach out to some super series drivers, but how many of them are going to actually respond? Well, I, I, that's what I, I told you. I, and so I was like, just send him a message. The worst they can say is no. Right. And I think we did dodge some bullets there because if it could have easily flopped. I'm glad it didn't, and I'm I'm thankful for those drivers who did join us this throughout the week uh really appreciate them um like you said we learned a lot it was very valuable to us uh hopefully it was valuable to all of you who listen um but moving off of that um i, I would agree though that we did exceed our our my expectations rather because um, going back to the very first episode and i think you've said said this before um wasn't 100 sure how long we were going to last um i i really thought that maybe the first three episodes we would be fine because we had winchester pre-race winchester post-race and then one uh episode after that i thought after that we were kind of done but then we covered snowball derby and then and we covered snowball derby er, and sorry, all american all american before that um and then we hit like five episodes and i was like all right we got something going here we just gotta stick with it then 10 episodes and now we're almost at 30 episodes um so there's that and then um you know we have a lot of and I've always said this too, you know, we have potential if we, if we just take advantage of it. And I think we're slowly starting to do that. Um, there's ideas that I have that no one else knows about, but they're good ideas, I think. Um, so I think as long as we just keep going and playing our cards right, I think we could definitely have something good here. And I think we do have something good here and, um, you know, wouldn't be possible without everyone who supports us. So I really do appreciate that. And I know Jarrett does as well. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I think adding on to that, going back to what I said earlier, like we we do appreciate any sort of feedback. I think that helps us know, hey, we're doing something right. We're not doing something right. Right. Um, do we need to change something? Do we need to do we keep doing what we're doing? You know, what do you like? What do you not like? That helps us provide the best content to you to listen to. Right. And, it, you know, we do it for you guys. So. You know, if you're not going to listen to it, what can we do to, to make you listen to it? You know what I mean? Um, uh, next question. Um, do you have any goals for this next year? I do. Um, I would like us, I think, 
obviously life gets in the way, but I would like to shoot for, you know, trying to get episodes out every week or more frequent than we did this year, which we didn't do bad. We did really good this year. I do want to say that. Mm-hmm. But we went through a couple time periods where it was like, okay, we didn't do an episode for several weeks. Yeah. But like I said, life happens. Um, I would like to reach, I don't know, this might be a bit excessive, but I want to reach a 500 like goal on Facebook. 500s, I mean, we're over, we're over 100. Close. We're, we are over 100. Our follow count is higher than 100. I think it's almost, I know the like, hold on. We got time, I think. I'll just pull it up real quick. I know we're close to 200 likes on Facebook. Um, But Facebook also does like the follow thing and. Yeah. Um, so we're at 178 likes, 196 follows. Okay, so 500 follows, 500 likes, whatever, either or. Right. Um, that's a milestone. I would like to get our viewership up as much as possible. I don't know what it's at now. I know our YouTube videos have done decent compared to our other video, our, our videos, our interviews, excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, I'd like to get some more sponsorships. Yep. I think that's a big thing for us. That way we could get some funding to go do do some bigger, better things. Um, maybe go to some bigger races, travel, uh, get into the pits, media, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, get into PRI, um, try to do some documentation there, potentially what figure something out. We could do something with that. Um, and I think another big thing is networking for us. Like meet people. Yep. Get our name out there, meet people, you know, just, I mean, that's it, really. It's, yeah. not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. And I think with this, I don't think, I know with this industry that um, connections matter and networking matters. Um, so that that is crucial for us and our potential success. Um, I agree with everything you said. I do want to add one other thing before yes. you go on, if that's okay. Um, while this may seem kind of small, I took it as a big deal. Um, I feel like a lot of people, if you're involved in the short track world, know who Jetson O'Neill is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been liking and retweeting some of our stuff. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I'm a huge fan of his. Oh, absolutely. Love um, him. yeah. And you know, go give him a follow and support him because, uh, yeah, he's, he's a big deal too. Like, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like he, he travels to all these big races. And- so I'm like, can I tag along? Right. Um, so we appreciate him for that. Like, I mean, he's a big deal. And he follows us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's awesome. Um, and then we've had Racing America liking some of our stuff about Which, drivers. And so uh, so we were at a party. We were at a fire, not a party, sorry. And they liked our announcement about the Countdown to Winchester series. And I was like, holy sh**. Yeah. That's- My mom and dad goes, what? I was like, they just liked this post. And I was like, this post specifically. Which... Is something like this whole series, whatever, is something that I would have I would have expected them to be doing, and they haven't. And I'm like, do you want to partner with us? Pay I know, us and we'll I know we have to. I'll, <laughs> I have to clean up my language a little bit. I try to censor it now because, you know, I'll get to that in a minute. But, um, I will clean up everything to to be affiliated. I think that'd be cool. So, um, you know, my goals align with yours. I think, um. I would really love, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I will. I would really love to expand our content, um, whether, whether that's like streaming our iRacing races. I think that'd be cool to do. 
Um, I would. I think that's a good idea. I would really love. Now, this is a bit of a stretch, and it's not set in stone. But I would really love to start a second podcast that might be geared more towards the driver interviews, speaking with people involved in racing. Um, granted, we could change the format of this podcast, but you know, I like what we're doing here, and I think it would be cool to have a separate podcast to do to do that sort of thing. You know, maybe sometime next year. Um, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a new podcast. Right. It, it, we could just be like, hey, we're adding a segment into our podcast that's solely right. revolving around drivers. and Right. So, like, trying to – I guess my point is, like, trying to, like, integrate that aspect more into what we do now. Um, what else? Uh, I won't talk about that idea that I told you last night, but I really love that idea, too. I would like to get more involved in our shop work, like the behind the scenes for us. Yeah. Vlog, vlogging, all that. Um, posting race footage from us, you know, uh, not to copy off Kyle Frame, but he posts his in-car, in-car footage from every race. Like, I would love to be able to do stuff like that. I know, yeah. for one, I myself have to get faster because if I post <laughs> video footage, it's just me getting past. But, hey. Right. No, I, I, I disagree with you on that. I think people would still watch it. But, like expand our content more um you know like you said go to more events um there's something else i kind of forgot about but you know just expand what we're doing and growing what we're doing um i don't have a goal for following on social media just because um you know we're fresh so i don't expect to hit any certain goals i think our tiktok's doing pretty well though yeah our tiktok did blow up (laughs) pretty well so um uh yeah i don't know I'm just excited to see what the future holds. I hope that we're still around. There was a moment, uh, and I don't want to start any stuff, but you know, I there was a joke I made where I was like, "Us talking people has caught up with us." I was afraid for a moment that like things were like burning to the ground. Obviously, that's not what happened, but I hope we you know are able to stay around um, for a long time. I really enjoy doing this, and I think that um, you know it could be a successful brand one day and and that's what i obviously hope for at the end of the day but i also like that we added aj um we do miss him he, he's just been super busy with yeah with life and doing stuff that he has going on outside of our podcast yeah he does have his own family and he's you know. making life moves and and i do want to say like that's another thing that we i've never talked about is like i appreciate this podcast and what it's become because we've met awesome people like kyle like bradley other drivers we've met awesome people like you guys who follow us and listen to us um you know we appreciate you guys we were able to add on aj as a host um dylan's come on i think it's cool that like we've kind of like grown this little family and um just been able to meet and listen to really awesome people and i think without this that would have never been a thing either so i appreciate all of this we've also had really good support from just those really close around us you know yeah. no one's ever sat there and told us hey i think this is a stupid idea i don't think you guys should do it and maybe they think that they're just like trying to be supportive but like hey i appreciate it if you're not saying it i'm assuming you're not thinking it so yeah and like i said like there have been like it's been rocky from the start um and and things have happened but you know i think the state of what we're doing is is perfectly fine and I, I'm confident that we'll be around for a while and I'm confident that we'll be able to grow more. And uh, I really am looking forward to what the next year has. It's gone by fast, but um, I am confident that, 
that will keep getting better and as we maybe get more sponsorship and and funding and things like that we'll be able to do more cool things and get better you know video equipment and stuff like that and be able to we'll, do more we'll develop some good editing skills and which dakota's done a good job i wouldn't say good but i that again i appreciate this because i've had to learn things that i you know first episode I was like how the hell do i do this how do i post to youtube how do i you know I, I made thumbnails for the interviews that we've done this week and i was thinking i don't know how these look but they look better than not having anything at all so um you know having to learn how to do all that um it's been kind of fun but also kind of sucks because i'm a perfectionist i'm like it's not perfect but i think they turned out pretty well i loved them i thought they looked really good the thumbnails and i think any of the editing that we've had to do um as far as like there's times where we've had to cut clips and you've had to cut clips and blend mm-hmm. them together like i or even put in the audio mix with the video put you know matching everything up that was hard at first oh i bet it was oh that was hard at first but but, but you've done a really good job at it so yeah i'm i'm trying to get better um yeah i have a lot to improve on but it's just part of it i have learned a lot though and i do appreciate that aspect of it too uh we don't say um as much it used no to i think i still do i just don't pay attention to it anymore i don't think you do nearly as much we don't have to stop the episode five times to start over <laughs> i'll tell you that yeah i will say though like we've been pretty like yeah we have our show notes but as far as like who's going to talk about what it's pretty on the fly and i i think it works pretty well that was something that did yeah that did surprise me too it's like um when we first brought aj on I will be honest with you. It was awkward at first for me because I'm just like how because like me and Jarrett were the OG, right? So we kind of developed the flow really well. And then you add another person, it, it does. It, it, it's not AJ, right? I'm just saying, throw in somebody new, and it's like now the flow is kind of like we have to like figure this that. out, right? Yeah. And so it was awkward the first time, and then like Dylan came on, it was like the same thing. And then like once you get into the rhythm of it, you're like, okay, this is not bad. Um, so that was a challenge, but like, I think we nailed it, like you said, and we do a lot better than I thought um, in that in that aspect of things. But yeah, one year, one year to the day, to the day we were in the barn on a white foldable table, listening to cars go by. Yeah, we were. I we had this. I had this stuff set up on my kitchen table. AJ was, which is also funny. AJ was our first guest, right? Called in on the first episode. Um. Which causes a lot of problems <laughs> later on. I crazy, but um, I had all the stuff set up on the kitchen table. Jarrett comes over. AJ couldn't come in in person, so he had to call in. We packed up all the stuff and uh, took it out to the barn. Set up the first like two or three episodes, and then it was cold, very cold. And uh, uh, parents, I begged my parents to let me have the spot that we have now. And uh, I remember we went to Walmart and got a can of paint and painted the wall and it's still gray up there and <laughs> it looked like absolute dog shit. but i was so excited i remember jared was here when i was painting it i don't know what we were watching weren't we out here watching a nascar race? i believe so and i was just like painting away and i'm like this is the best thing ever <laughs> and then we put we got it put together and i saw it on camera i was like ooh. but hey it was our space and that's what but look at what we have now and then yeah we invested money and i'm really pleased with how it all turned out and just to have our own space and um which was important to me because i'm like i want a space where we could be creative and feel 
comfortable and, and be able to do what we do. And I mean, it came together really quick too. Oh, um, absolutely. So I don't know. It's just crazy. And, and like this space particularly, I didn't feel it very much whenever we just painted the wall, but adding like the walls and like actually having the, the structure to make it look clean, like very clean and neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think change the energy of the podcast. Oh, like for just sure. Sitting in here, like before, like, it was like <laughs> it was, it was like walking into a nursing home. You're just like, Ugh. yeah. Um, I I agree with you. I think when in like if you go back and watch the episodes, right, where we transition from um, the first adaption of the studio to what we have now, you could tell the the vibe was just different and the energy just like picked up and. I thought that was important. That's why we did it. And, uh, yeah, I love this space. I did too. And like the fact that we like, cause we started in October, we got the new set done in like April, March, April, March. So, I mean, it was like a quick turnaround a couple months and we were, we had our own like dedicated studio. And then, you know, we brought AJ on, which I'm, will always be thankful for. Um, and and like I said, just being able to do like we we jumped on board with Cody Connor for Snowball Derby. Who would have thought? We partnered with Kyle Frame. Who would have thought? Um, you know, we sponsored laps at Nashville for All American Four Hundred. We sponsored races at Mount Lawn. Uh, we're sponsoring IROC races. I mean, it's just like it's we so have, crazy. We have a sponsor of our own, the Tattoo Studio. Yeah, we have our own sponsor, which uh, forever grateful for them for jumping on board. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really excited to, to even hit this mark because like I said, there was times where I'm like, this isn't going to last long and we lasted a year and you know, we both have awesome ideas for this next year and and beyond. And I'm just really excited to get there. Me too. I mean, again, and I can't even put it in words like how it's just crazy. I, I mean, and we owe it not to cut you off, but we owe it to all of you who, who, like I said, listen, every week and you know follow us on on social media and interact with us and those of you who who you know believe in us and and believe in the vision that we have for this thing even though right now you're like Ooh, i don't know sometimes i feel that way too i promise it it gets better <laughs> i will say though um tiktok specifically has gotten some of the best feedback whether it's mm-hmm. positive or negative like it's gotten a lot yeah you know we had three videos that kind of just blew up ones at like eighty seven thousand views ones yeah. at 40 or something like that and like never would have thought that and i woke up and i'm like what the hell is my phone doing and <laughs> i hope i hope all of our social media does that because i i and like like you said if we make more connections we had awesome drivers come on during the week and um, we'll forever be appreciative of them and really appreciate them coming on. But, you know, as we continue to grow and we're able to talk to drivers who, who are of high caliber, um, you know, it'll just make everything else better, you know, being able to talk to people and, um, and things like that. And I, I know we'll get better. I don't want to, I also don't want to like undermine anybody that we had on. I feel like, no, I think everyone that we had on was high caliber. Oh, absolutely. I was very pleased with, uh, the drivers that you know who probably don't I mean Kyle and Bradley they know about us Kyle of course mm-hmm. we're partnered with him um, Bradley he's listened to us I know at least a few times he he said something on Twitter you know thanks for the shout out um, but to get you know Kyle Crump to get Tommy St. John Austin Coe you know Austin races at Mount Lawn but he 
probably don't have any idea who we are. Right. Um, you know, just these guys that probably haven't listened to the podcast before to take time out of their day and be like, hey, um, you know, they know enough about us to be like, hey, we're a short track, we're a racing podcast, you know. Uh, I, I want to say, I, was it Kyle or Austin? One of the two said, you know, I appreciate what you guys are doing and just kind of being an advocate for short track racing and this, that, and the other. And so they were very thankful. You know, they were like, hey, this seemed like a good opportunity. Um, you know, we're not some big name podcast yet. Um, we know that takes time, but right. I mean, just getting getting some of these well-known names on our podcast with us will probably will help tremendously. I know that, you know, just having the guys on that we did, We've had several more likes on our Facebook page. Just, you know, some of these drivers, their fans are like, hey, this podcast reached out to our driver and wanted to interview our favorite driver. So, you know, let's give them a like. You know, just networking, <clears throat> things like that. Yeah. It's like, it's it's big. Yeah. And I can't forget, you know, I think we really have to thank, you know, Kyle Frame for letting us come on board with him as a sponsor. Um, Cody Connor. Uh I love that man. Uh, he's huge inspiration. And I, and he's somebody that I really want to bring on the show. Um, he's on my list, but to thank him for giving us the opportunity to come on board with him as well. Obviously I, drivers are going to take money, but like, I wish we could give him way more than we are able to, because I, I want him to be able to go race at these races. Yeah. And I, I really wish he is one of the most deserving drivers to get, um, an opportunity. I mean, He's a low budget team. He he admits that he he's an advocate of that. I think he's a great asset to the sport. But he went out and took a chance and went to Snowball Derby and put on a hell of a run. And I'm sure exceeded their expectations for that weekend. Which um I saw I don't know who it was that posted it. Someone shared something that Jess Ballard was talking about. It, it was Cody Connor who shared it. Cody. And and you know, that's why I want to bring him on because, again, he's a great asset for the sport. And, you know, he he really deserves an opportunity to 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 get funding that other drivers get. And, you know, uh, I think it's unfortunate, but I hope that one day Cody Connor will get that opportunity because he has great potential. And if he had the right uh, resources, i.e. funding, uh, he would be. A driver that everybody's talking about all i'm saying if he's been able to achieve what he has with with what he with has what he has like i'm just saying like he could be a very 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 dangerous threat mm -hmm. on the racetrack if he had the proper funding to yeah. to do what and he needs to do yeah and i agree and I, I i do think it's unfortunate that he hasn't gotten that opportunity yet but you know i i do pray for him and and i do have some confidence that that he will eventually somebody out there will will realize that um he's the perfect candidate for them and and will throw funding behind him 100 percent. who doesn't want their name on the tiger car like come right. on now yeah but i mean he's young he, his time's coming i know it mm -hmm. um like i said he's been able to do what he has with what he has so and he's very humble about it i've seen drivers who won't name drop but you mentioned him earlier who has Access to literally everything. Yeah. Has everything that you can imagine to be like he was set up for success. Um, didn't seem appreciative of it. Cody Connor uh, deals with what he has. Never once have I seen him be negative. He like even his social media, if you follow him, which I highly suggest you do, it's always something positive. And I'm just like, and that's why I want to have him on because I'm like, 
for me, I've been in situations like that where I'm like, I, I'm pissed off at the world. I don't want to do this anymore. How do you keep, how do you keep going all the time? Yeah. And like, that's why I'm like, that is the perfect person for somebody to sponsor because one, he'll be appreciative of it. He'll be humbled, uh, humble. Uh, he, you know, he'll, he'll remember where he came from. And it's like, he's always positive. Whereas I mean, anyone else would be like, I'm done. I mean, we were on board with him for one race, Snowball Derby last year, and he is still supporting us, commenting on our posts. And, you know, I mean, if that tells you anything, and we didn't even give him, we weren't able to give him all that much. Right. And, you know, he is grateful for what little we were able to do. And, like, I mean, we're almost a year later, and he's still interacting with us. And I think that that speaks wonders about what kind of person Cody Connor is. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I did want to thank those two guys because I mean, like I said, drivers will take money, I'm sure, but you know, they're great guys to partner with and I'm thankful that they let us come on board because they could have easily said, No, no thanks. <laughs> right. Um and they've done so much for us. You know, Kyle thanked us for doing what we've done for him, but I'm like gave us a shout out when he done, won at Winchester. Yeah, I mean I you've mean, done a lot for us too. So it and Cody has as well. And so um really appreciate those two guys. I hope that we can keep our relationships with them long term. Um, but yeah, I think, thank you to everybody, whether you listen, whether you support. Um, Another thing, if it tells you anything, going back to Kyle Frame, you know, his family members are like, oh, they commented on our post, like, hope to meet you at Winchester. Yeah, his dad was like, hope to meet you at Winchester. I'm like, we could have met at Anderson. I stopped by and talked to talk to your girlfriend. Right, but not his not his Kyle's girlfriend. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like I made the post today and said that I will I will never be able to thank you all, y'all enough, and I really mean that. Like I will never, and I like we've talked about this before too about how like when we made posts, we were always like thank you for your support, thank you for your continued support. And it's like it gets old, I'm sure, but I'm like that's the least that we can do. Yeah. Like you guys are the reason why we do this. You're the reason why we're still doing it a year later. Um, you know, I think like, that's the least I can do. I think if when, not if when we hit our 500 like or 500 follower goal, we have to do some sort of giveaway. Even if it's just like a little gift card, something, mm-hmm. it, you know, depending on, financially where things are this that and the other but i think we have to do something i well and again this wasn't something i was going to tell you um but i have ideas for that as well to like um encourage fan engagement to to increase our engagement with you guys um and and involve you guys more into what we do um because like i said without you guys we wouldn't be anything so that's on that's on my list as well um but yeah i agree 100 percent but um yeah i don't know just thankful yeah absolutely those of you that have been here from day one and those of you that we continue to gain as we go on um i mean we've had other drivers that have been liking our page um Mm -hmm. so i mean it's just nice to see that drivers are interested whether they're listening or not you know they at least see our our posts on social media and this that and the other so right because i don't i mean uh, we we need to cut it off at some point but and i could literally talk about this forever but you know another goal of mine is to 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 bring more people involved in racing on as well that's why i want to 
the whole segment with you know drivers and team members and promoters and so on and so forth so um i don't know thank you guys so much i really appreciate all of you <laughs> i mean that's that's really all there is to say yeah. i mean like like you said we could go on and on and on about it but at the end of the day like we do sincerely appreciate all of you and what you've allowed us to do yeah and just supported us from the very beginning even if you were like what the hell <laughs> like just the fact that you guys like you know listen or like our page or or whatever it is interact um you know we appreciate it and and some people might be like well it's really not that deep but to me anyway it is it is that deep i mean it's something we take time out of our days to to plan and and record and then mm-hmm. you do the editing and posting i mean it is time consuming mhm but I enjoy it. Oh no, I have fun with it. I I'm saying, but like right. No, I see, I see what you're saying. But I'm I'm just saying I enjoy doing this because, and that's why I take this stuff so seriously. It's because like I have this going for us. You know what I mean? Like th- for me anyway, this is like this means a lot to me, and I know it does for Jarrett too. But I'm just saying from my point of view, like this means a lot to me, and like the only thing I have going for me at the moment. So it's just like you know I'm willing to put my time and effort into this to make this better. Like I've stayed up late many nights trying to figure out what can we do better for you guys so yeah like jared said like the least we could do is is thank you for your support and i will say dakota is the backbone of this operation i wouldn't say that i would um fun fact (laughs) i'm only gonna say that because like i was thinking about this that you know like yeah i come up with ideas and stuff i'm like but dakota's the one that gets the ball rolling dakota has been the one to reach out to drivers when need be dakota's the one that does the editing and like dakota's dakota has a notebook full of ideas i don't a whole binder actually well, okay <laughs> which even, is pathetic even, but no not well, at all well because like fun fact number two um not to sound like an hat, but like I've always said, and Jared agrees with me, and a lot of people involved agree with me, um, that we have potential if we take advantage of it. And so I've always looked at this and still do, and I know I shouldn't, look at it like a business or like a brand, right? And Jared's, I appreciate Jared for this because he's the one that's always, from the very beginning, has always um, grounded me, if you will. Because like I, I jumped the ball on a lot of things and jumped the gun on a lot of things and if I didn't have somebody who is the opposite as me, we probably wouldn't have lasted as long as we did because I'm the one that's like, we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. And like, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I'll think about it for a second. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Stamp it approved. And so, um, it's nice to have somebody be like, yo, slow down, which I've never like straight up rejected any of Dakota's ideas. I think all of Dakota's ideas have been phenomenal. Um, yeah, I mean, have I, Sure, I think so, but it, after thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, he's right. But, I mean, most of the time it's more like, okay, good idea, let's wait. <laughs> right. Now is not the right time. Exactly, which is, I jumped the gun a lot, and, the, like, there have been things where Jared's like, nah, like, I, I like it, but not right now, and and I appreciate that, and, and I, like, I don't want people to be like, oh, well, Jared doesn't do anything. Jared does a lot. Uh, AJ did a lot when he was uh, with us. He still is. He's a great team member, but. He's busy. But my thing is, we I think we know what our roles are, or we've kind of made our own roles. I mean, I could definitely delegate more. Um, but I think out of all of us, I probably have the most free time currently. And so, and I don't mind doing what I do. I enjoy it. It gives me something to do. So I'm not mad about it. But um, I, I do. I think we know what our roles are or, 
or whatever. And, you know, it's not like Jarrett doesn't give ideas. Like, he, he's, no. we're always talking to each other. So, and we're always like, oh, we see a post on social media. The first thing I do is send it to, yeah. in Dakota. It's like, oh, did you guys see this? Or, or I'll send it and then we'll sit and have like a 10 minute text conversation about it. Yeah. Like our opinions. And, and so, like, I don't think it's fair to be like, well, Dakota does all this because I think, like, if we talk, if we, look at it i think everybody does an equal amount of of work and um we just know what our roles are i think and like i said i don't mind doing doing what i do um but we all do something to make it better so um anyway one year one year crazy here's to many more yeah um hell yeah brother i think think that's 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 all that i have that's all i got um, again, Winchester 400 weekend, our one year, uh, together as a podcast and f- basically friends, pretty much. We could talk about that. Well, okay. So we, we've been friends a little longer than that. Not much. What do you mean? You raced all last season and I was there with you. Um, we met in May. I was taking my college finals and I failed them. Yeah. Can we talk? Oh, sorry. We're at an hour 36. <laughs> hey, guys, let's talk about this. This is how we became friends was over racing. Yeah. Um. So Hunter, here's the story how me and Jarrett became friends. Ready? Okay. So Hunter had a bonfire and invited Jarrett. And he said, Jarrett's coming over while I was trying to take my finals. I said, Jarrett, who? And he goes, Widener. And I said, oh. I was like, why is he coming over? He's like, oh, he's coming over for a fire. I didn't know that you guys were friends. Or whatever. We had really, him and I had really just started hanging out. Like, we were fishing together. Like, that was kind of our, what we had been doing. Right. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not interested. I was like, I know of him. I, he probably doesn't like me, whatever. I don't want to go out there. I was like, I'm doing finals anyway. And my mom's like, come out here. And so I went out there. And I think we hit it off pretty well. We didn't talk much, I don't think. But uh, definitely didn't pass my finals. I didn't do them. <laughs> um, and then uh, I didn't know you liked racing. So that's kind of how we became friends. And then um, I had bought the podcast equipment at the beginning of last year. And so when I finally decided to bite the bullet on that, I sent Jared a message and said, hey, um, would you like to do a podcast with me? And if I remember correctly, I think we talked about it a couple of times and then kind of just like stopped. And then and then it was like, hey, we're doing this. uh, Yeah, (laughs) it was like. I want to say the week of Winchester, I was like, hey, now's the best time to do this, and the rest is history. The rest is history. Um, but, yeah. It's just crazy what all of this has brought us. Yeah, now I'm racing. Yeah, you're racing. <laughs> um, your dad's racing. Yeah. It's just crazy. I would like to get your dad more involved with the podcast side, too. I'm working on it. I th- <laughs> He jokes about it. I'm like... It's not that I don't want you to. It's just that we have to find because my mind goes a million miles a minute. And I'm like trying to like think of like a hundred different things at one time. And it's just like, we'll get you on. But I'm well, also trying to figure out who else we could get on. The issue is, is we are three wide with DJ G and we only have the DJ. Right. G is just kind of. But if you know my dad, you can understand why I'm just like, I, I think he would bring though, a lot of comedy on though. That. And I will say. Um, that, that, uh, he does a lot of work on the cars. Like he does a lot of the background work in the shop. Like he, he is the one out there, you know, working on his car, doing stuff for your car when you, you know, now that your work schedule is different, I'm, you know, that's a little different. You have time to go work on your car when he's out there and stuff. But, 
initially you were working till three o'clock in the morning and so but i mean he's definitely involved i don't want to give that impression that he's not um not as much with the podcast just not in the content side of things but um yes i think that you know we'll, we'll we'll figure it out anyway that is all from me um i hope that a lot of you are able to make it to winchester this weekend and if you're not check it out on racing america yeah and if you see us stop and say hi yeah make me feel good yeah um but yeah looking forward to this weekend uh we'll be back what next week with our post race and we might get some content from the track i know once racing kind of starts out there there's no service of any sort right so it's kind of hard to do any social media. If we had an association with Racing America, I bet we could get get some get some service yeah. out there. But but so we'll, we'll try. I don't want to make any promises and under deliver, but I I think we have some things on our list that we would like to do. There's no guarantees that it's going to happen. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, it does not. And we apologize. But we'll do our best. I'm hoping the weather stays a lot nicer this year. I was going to say, looking like it. I was going to say, here's to one year. Here's to our friendship. Here's to your birthday. Happy birthday. Early birthday. Here's to no muddy campgrounds. I uh, hope that stays true. I don't believe it is supposed to rain. I think it's it's supposed to be like high 50s, low 60s, cold at night. We can manage that. Yes. It's the rain that 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 ruined everything. Yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, again, we want to thank each and every one of you for riding it out with us and. Um, just please share, you know, share with your friends. If, if, if your friends like racing, um, just help us get our name out there. Again, we are very appreciative of what you guys have allowed us to do so far. And we hope that you continue to stay on board with us and, um, allow us to provide you with racing content. I mean, I enjoy it. Dakota enjoys it. We hope you enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, Dakota, you got any words before we close out? um nope just thank you all so much uh i really do appreciate it and uh if you're listening to this episode and you're like wow i promise the other ones are better it's just the way it is um here's to a year and and i hope that you guys stick with us for many more absolutely we will talk to you guys later